All righty, all righty. Welcome, listeners, to another installment of the Banquet Hall podcast. It is your host, as always, Kyler, the fourth Kyler. I'm joined by the one, the only, I think the only, you could be cloned and I not even know it. Are you cloned? I honestly think, you know, I've, I've, run, I've run into a few doppelgangers and I'm like, damn, I ain't the original copy. <laughs> Well, well like- we're here we're here with lola prime i guess or one of the lolas lola how are you doing today i'm great and just for the record if we say paola pujos then you know, that's a different story then yeah that's one of one but lola and this face i've seen a few they clone lola coming soon to netflix the sequel to they clone tyrone <laughs> Gonna be some real shit, okay? Watch-, <laughs> Watch out for that. But listeners, I say this every time I start the podcast. If y'all are so stubborn that you still haven't followed the podcast, just what are you doing? All you need to do is pick up your two thumbs. You can even use one thumb if you want, but just type Banquet Hall Pod real quick on your device. Go on IG, go on X. You can you can call if you want, but I don't know if it's gonna go anywhere. Oh no. I mean, IG, you know, at least to your phone. Yeah, that is true. Link to your phone. But go ahead and follow the pod on socials. Uh, Go ahead and pause real quick before you get to the rest of the episode. Well, pause after I give you the instructions. But text a friend and be like, hey, listen to this dope-ass podcast. Lola's a guest. I heard they're going to be talking about some healing shit. Going to talk about some energy and whatnot. Like, you might want to listen to this. There we go. There it is. You can't see it because I blurred out my background. But (laughs) it says banquet hall. We peeped the logo, and I noticed that the button is not blue, so you are already following the podcast. Yeah. Salute to you. <laughs> From podcast follower to podcast guest, it's a blessing to have you on the pod, and I'm looking forward to the conversation this evening. Uh, the first question that I always start with on the pod and you're one of a handful of people not from Los Angeles to be a guest on the banquet hall, so I'm excited to hear your answer to this. <laughs> <laughs> but Lola, where are you from and how did that shape who you have become slash who you are becoming? Ooh, that's a great question. So I was born and raised in the Bronx, New York. And I've been living here in San Diego for the past 10 years since the very, very end of December 2012. Um, how has that shaped who I've become? Ooh, is ha- you know, I didn't really realize it till I moved to the to I was gonna say to the California, like <laughs> not the Bronx, but sorry. Since I moved to Cal, I haven't really noticed, um, or I didn't really notice how much New York really actually um influenced me as a person. Um, I think once I started being around different cultures, um, like social cultures is when I was like, oh. I'm from New York. <laughs> so I feel like when you talk to me now and it comes up in conversation, which I say it a lot because I'm proud of it, um, especially being out here just because everyone moves, you know, wherever you come from, whether it's like uh, a country, an ethnic background or whatever, everyone moves different, has different forms of operations. And how being raised in the Bronx specifically because ain't no one traveled to Brooklyn like that. That was far. Um, It really shaped me in the sense of like 
owning, like using my voice, um, speaking up for myself um, and, and learning how to kind of like call things out that needed to be spoken to, um, being really comfortable with confrontation. Um, but in, you know, on that same note, learning how to properly have maybe healthy confrontation without like being a fucking asshole because that was me, you know, I was <laughs> aggressive growing up. Um, not saying I was just like beating kids up, you know what I'm saying? But like, um, I was super defensive, um, if I needed to be, you know, and, and I was so loud, so, so, so loud. Um, but, uh, I had tendencies of not being the nicest to not my friends because I love my friends. I treat my friends like they're the best. But <laughs> any like outside people, you know, who who were acting some kind of way that I didn't really like, you know, um, being very quick to jump at someone um, verbally and just kind of like chew them out. So uh-huh. as I came over here I kind of had to learn how to find a happy medium of that because when I came here um I noticed very quickly how like hype I can be um I'm I'm very I don't say I anchor quickly however if you push the right buttons it's zero to 100 you know mm, and, real and quick so motherfucking quick okay especially if it's something that i care about especially if you are attacking people that i care about like i don't fuck with that um i'm very big on respect so if you don't respect whatever the situation is or you don't respect people then i'm i don't fuck with that i don't fuck with that um so i i've kind of had to learn how to find a happy medium of you know advocate advocating for myself um, while also having speaking to things that need to be spoken to, placing boundaries, which I think was the more most challenging for me, just because um, I never put boundaries on myself because um, my mom didn't trust me, so I she had like the crazy lock on me, and I get it now in my older years, just growing up in the Bronx, she didn't really trust the streets. I'm just like, damn, bro, you gotta trust me. I just wanted to go to the park, you know, and do hood rat shit with my friends. And by hood rat shit, I mean like break snapple bottles. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god! So it, I would never live there ever again. But I do love to go visit. Um, I try to visit every other year, every two years, just because it's home, you know, and every time that I'm away, I see the beauty of, of living in a city that is so, so hard, so hard, so full of culture, um, literally a melting pot of people, but also just, um, the directness that you'll, right now, I can't really say I've experienced anywhere else, um, to that capacity at least and and i you know i i hold that dearly because we're we don't we don't play that <laughs> but we all take care of each other it's like it's so weird people think that we're rude but it's just like no we have things to do we have people to see you know what i'm saying it's cold as fuck outside i don't i don't want to smile at you right but like if you fucking with somebody and you holding up the bus like no you're gonna get called out <laughs> yeah it's like no nonsense like it's that's what i fuck with with new york because the first time i really got to visit new york 
and just be around the city like because obviously being from a big city of los angeles i'm used to like a little bit of hustle and the bustle but there's still the little laxness because the beach right there you got some palm trees in the city when i hit new york i'm like oh everyone here is on a mission they know what they need to accomplish today it's getting done and if you in their way like get the fuck out their way but if you in the same lane as them it's like cool like we can work and build together exactly exactly and even to this day, like I, I'm a commuter. I, I lost my car like two years ago, RIP. Um, so I, I take the trolley, I walk, um, and I just started taking the buses. I don't really like buses, but I'm just like, you know, well, let's do it. You know, it, I, I can't really walk everywhere like I could back home. So, yeah. Um, but even then, like people walk so slow here. And I feel like that is the perfect reflection of San Diego culture. It's just so laid back. People, you know, they just... They ain't got nowhere to be. They have nowhere to be. I'm just like, bro, move, yo, like, move. I can't, I can't walk slow, you know? And I feel like the way that sh that it shows up for me and the time that I've been here is that I always, I, I feel like I'm always, like, finding my way towards something, you know? Um, I don't think I could just sit down um yeah so I, I love my city it, it's I'm happy that I have had the opportunity to live there grow there um my best friends are there my mom is still there my family's there and it's just it's just a vibe I I, I love New York like actually oh, New York, not, not Albany <laughs> I would say I, I love New York a little cliche to end that statement yeah. <laughs> so i could do that <laughs> that's real that's real and as you were as i was preparing to ask you that question here you talk about new york if i'm not mistaken and i severely apologize to any listeners to this if i'm lying to you right now but i'm pretty sure you're my only friend from new york i think you're my only friend from new york i could be mis i have friends who live in new york but in terms of being from new york i think you might be the only one Mm, damn i hope nobody's come at you and they're like hey you forgot about me motherfucker yes <laughs> yeah i i i'm trying to think like how many people i think it's really i don't want to say it's really rare but i've noticed most of the new yorkers are living in la ironically ironically which you know i'm kind of upset that i haven't really spent too much time in la just because one um i'm dominican that's not a lot of dominicans here right but they all in fucking la they're all in they LA. are they are i go to this um dominican event where there's this chef his name is chef ramos um he puts on a thing called capicua and they host like domino tournament tournaments. He sells his food and they just host a fucking party. We call it we call it like a like a coro, which is pretty much like a kickback per se. And mm -hmm. you just vibes and everybody's just dancing, drinking, eating, playing dominoes, a whole fucking vibe. But it's all the way in LA. It's all mm. the way in LA. Yeah. And LA closest vibe to new york but that cali that cali hits hard 
No, absolutely. Like I, if I was from New York, I would feel like LA was probably be the close fire because of all the biggest cities I've been in, I don't think anybody, nobody knows the hustle and bustle of like New York city for sure. Like there's just nothing on its level. Everywhere else I've been, LA definitely comes the closest. Like I think some people could say San Francisco, but I don't feel like San Francisco is as grand of a city. Like San Francisco is relatively small in terms of land size compared to New York or LA. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a I'm a big city guy. Like I love the big city vibe. I love the hustle and bustle. I love the grind culture. <laughs> Me too. I feel like if I would ever to move to like a more like rural country area, I think I'd get bored really fast. And of course, being like when I first got here, I got into like the whole spirituality thing, and I was just like, yeah, I can see myself living on a farm, you know, tending to animals. And now I'm just like, bitch, fuck no. Like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> I'm not tending to no land. Maybe I'll like pull some weeds, but like that's a lot of work. So I I don't know. I also like having a toilet. Like I'm, I'm definitely more of a glamper than a camper. So the whole farm life, it's cute in theory, but um, I have to be like near a city because that's where all the shit's popping. You feel me? That's, that's where our, yeah. Yeah, man. I feel you for <laughs> sure. I definitely feel you. And then, like, right before we started recording, I, we were talking, Lola and I were talking about my recent trip to Philly. And I think one of the other things, I was saying that I'm not the biggest Philly person, Philly cheesesteak, A1. Like, y'all y'all did that. Y'all got the Philly cheesesteak. Y'all nailed it. It was delicious. Wow. But I feel like they kind of be some wannabe New York sometimes. Like, I feel like it wants to be, like, really, like, hustle and bustle, but it's not that much hustle and not that much bustle. And I know a lot of people, if you listen to Spock and you're from Philly, you're probably pissed off at me and want to run the fade. But I'm just being, I'm just speaking my perspective. When I was there, like, people was honking, but it's more so because they can't drive. Like, no one's real. the people in a rush, but they ain't got nowhere to go. Like, it, it was interesting. So Philly didn't hit my the level of big city vibes that I had hoped for, but out of all the cities, big cities I visited in New York, the energy is just, it's unmatched. Cause man, y'all, y'all be on the go in New York. You fucking doing it. I can't really attest to Philly, but I know people from Philly that I've met out here. Cool as shit. Cool as shit. Oh yeah, definitely cool. Cool as shit. Um, and I think that's one thing that I really fuck with New York is that it's so raw and like authentic in a way that I feel like for me here living here and like trying to work my way and navigate through these waters um having like that core authenticity and being true to myself is something that I I hold very dear and near to my heart and I value so much just because if I'm not fucking with it if I'm not doing it or if I don't like it I'm not gonna do it simple as that and um yeah yeah I rock with it I rock with it for sure and I love how much you own the New York part of your identity too because ever since I found out you're from New York like I feel like every time I see you it shows in the best part in the best ways because like you said you don't you don't take no shit you speak up for yourself you're not afraid to call out some shit and you just full 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 full-fledged New York and that New York accent be strong when you want it to for sure no, yeah, it comes out. It comes out. I, I, And I kind of noticed this the other day. I was like, damn, I think I subconsciously code switch. Um, like, I don't do it on purpose, but I do notice when I'm a certain, when I'm around certain people and certain energies, um, especially like if I'm talking to anyone back home, I'm like, oh, there it is. 
<laughs> and there it fucking is. But then when I talk to someone out here, um, I don't hear it when I speak to other people. They're like, you know, I kind of hear a little twinge of it. I was like, oh, okay, I guess. I didn't really know I had an accent until people pointed it out here. So, I'm <laughs> I, I love my city. And it's funny because like um I was I wasn't like a kid who was like always on the street. Cause like I said, my mom had me on the lock. If you know anything about like Dominican culture or Latin culture, um, they like their daughters inside. So um, I wasn't someone who was like always on the streets, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't like a little hood rat or anything. Um, but, and, and and I feel like that just kind of like speaks to the quality of New York. You can be like the squares of squares or like not, about that life and you still know how to advocate for yourself and take no shit because I've seen I just thinking back to like my school days I've seen people who like super quiet don't fuck with nobody as soon as they get fucked with oh it's over it's over and, I, and that's what I that's just what I love about my city it's just like we don't take no shit we don't take no shit regardless of who you are where we come from like you're not about to run over me you know so I love New York. <laughs> right, I love that. And that's why I like starting the podcast with this question, just because you learn so much about someone's values, their upbringing, just by learning about how they grew up, where they grew up, and what love they have for their city. Because I've had people on this podcast when I asked them that question, they just say, oh, yeah, I'm from this place, and that's it. It's not like, ah, oh, you don't really got, like, too much love for where you're from. But then you have other people who they really go into a monologue about like how much they love their city and what their city means. And I think it's just so interesting to hear where people are from and how, yeah, how that brought them to where they are today. So that's really exciting. What did bring you to San Diego? If you don't mind me asking. Ooh, I, so, so like I said, I was, uh, in a lot of ways I was very sheltered. Right. But me naturally being myself, um, a rebel, you know, someone who wanted to experience the world. Um, I, <laughs> I, um, I literally just wanted to hang out with my friends, right? I'm just going to leave with that. That's all I wanted to do. I didn't want to go do drugs. I didn't want to do no wild shit. Um, I didn't want to do nothing crazy. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to hang out with my friends and be outside. Um, so, it was a buildup of me finding ways to be outside without my mom knowing, of course, right? So I've gotten caught a couple times, you know, just like not being home when I'm supposed to, you know, cutting school, uh, stuff like that. But what really did it was um, I had a boyfriend and we were this was march 2012 so i was already with him since like july of the previous year right so what i would do is i would sneak him into my house um and if you know anything about new york apartments that is not a good fucking idea okay because they're not that big surprisingly this apartment shout out to my mom i don't know how the fuck she scored this but that apartment was huge low-key but the thing with it is like so this is the front door um her room is like on this side of the thing so i got caught <laughs> i got but i was really thinking that I was hot shit because i was doing it for at least 
three months, you know, I was sneaking him in, getting him out, you know. Um, and the reason why it's wild is because her and I shared a wall and those walls were super fucking thin. And to get to the front door, you had to pass her door, right? So I had a whole little system. In the morning, I would wake up, you know, take my shower, he'd, you know, be chilling in my room. Um, and then like right before I'm ready to like head out, I go into her room. I talk to her for a little bit. You'd be like, oh, can I have some five dollars or whatever? Um, distraction. Yeah. And then I close the door and then I'll leave. Right. So. Um, so it's funny. The night before that day, he was like, hey, when you go take a shower, let me go with you. And I was like, all right, all right, all right, cool, whatever, whatever. The morning comes. I look at him. And I'm like, ah, he can stay here. It's fine. It's fine. I go take a shower, you know, get ready for school. Do, do, do. So I'm coming out of the bathroom and I walk towards my door and my mom is standing in my doorway. Door fucking bust wide, bust wide open. Right. And I just see my boyfriend at the time in my bed without a shirt on, just like trying to cover himself. And she's yelling. She's like, who are you? What are you doing in my house? <laughs> and she sees me come up. She said, this is what you'll be doing, but in Spanish, right? And she fucking hit me right on the head with her two knuckles, because that, that was her thing. She used to hit me, boop, boop, just like that. And and after that day, she was just like, I don't know what to do with you. All you do is give me headaches. And she threatened to send me to live with my dad, or she and she threatened to send me to go live with my uncles in DR. And I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> so I called my sister and I was like, hey, um, can I stay with you? And she spoke to my mom. I, and this is what tells me that I think my mom was bluffing. Um, she was like, oh, you really trying to leave? I said, hell yeah. Hell yeah. So then my sister took me in and I, I and then I moved to Washington in March 2012, literally like a week after that. Um, and and that's the crazy thing. Like I even though I I love New York now, there was always a part of me that I was just like, I'm ready to dip. My sister planted the seed in me like a couple years back. Um, when she first um, came back from boot camp or one of those times, because she's in the military, um, so if you haven't gotten that by now. And she was just like, yeah, you can come stay with me. We can live in California. Da, da, da. She planted me and she sold me. And it never happened when she first said it. So then a couple, like a year or two later, this is when this happened, or not a year or two, but like a year. Um, and yeah, and then I moved in with her. And I think that was the best thing that ever happened. Wow. I could have been pregnant. <laughs> that is, hey, that is true. Well, I will speak on behalf of all of California. We are lucky to have you in the Golden State. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Even though I'll be talking shit about y'all, but, you know, I do like, I do enjoy being here. <laughs> part of the experience honestly like especially san diego being a city of so many transplants so many people from so many different places we kind of i feel like we bond over talking shit about san diego none of us are from here but we still like yeah we, we like the vibe we might go get our little chai latte at the at our yeah. favorite coffee shop our little acai bowl and avocado yeah. <laughs> Everybody got their little acai bowl place, but we we we'll talk shit while eating an acai bowl. Yeah. You be sitting at the beach with your acai bowl, like man, San Diego's soft. 
This fucking fact. <laughs> it's acai bowl hit though. <laughs> Man, do the acai bowl hit. Listeners, if y'all ain't had an acai bowl, like treat yourself nice little fresh cold acai bowl. I'm gonna front one of the best acai bowls I've ever had. Senior mangoes on 30th. I don't know what street that is, but senior mangoes in North Park ish. Mm. I don't fucking know what that area is. It's after 10 yeah, years. It's like North Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best. The best. And it's it's such a basic acai bowl. It don't have nothing crazy, but you don't need all that extra shit. I'm not a fan of. Just give me the bananas, the strawberries, the coconut flakes, the honey, and the granola with the acai. That's it. Senior mangoes. All right. I don't even know what the acai fruit looks like. <laughs> I- <laughs> man i just remember like before i'd ever had an acai but i would always see it on the menu and just had no idea how to pronounce it i'm like what is the a a k what 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 is that oh my god it kind of reminds me of celise um she she says it acai 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 it's acai she's like no it's acai i'm like which we're both wrong i don't know It's good though, damn it. That, that's what matters. Um, but thank you for sharing about your journey to California. And that leads me to ask you. I mean, obviously, I know how we met, but this podcast isn't just for me. People have to listen to this. So, how did do what do you remember about us crossing paths? And then we'll get to our, I guess you can call it a handshake. I don't know what you want to call our little gesture we have, but how do you remember us crossing paths? Oh. How do I, you know, the particular moment right now in this moment, I don't know, but I just, I do know um, it is, it was through Black expression. Um, I don't remember what point. I think it was the church for sure. Yes, it was the church. I'm pretty sure. Um, Because when I first started going, I did start going like towards the end of Caribbean Pleasures. Um, but I didn't really interact with nobody like that. I was, you know, I was just like in there feeling out the vibe. Um, but I want to say, I want to say the church. And I think I bought your book. You did buy my book. Bought your book. Um, now I don't remember what I said to you, but I know from that point on, (laughs) I knew who you were. (laughs) Hey, that's all that matters. That's definitely all that matters. And you're a real one for buying a book. Like that already puts you in the upper echelon of people I know in San Diego. But I think that's just a testament to how the art scene in San Diego works because like, yeah, like I, most of the people I know from the art community, it's like, yeah, I either met you at Black Expression, Lyrical Exchange, Trilogy or something, or it's Poetry Slam. And then all of a sudden we just, we just connect. Um and if I had to guess, like, I, I don't remember the specific moment either, but I would have to guess that I performed something, you liked the poem, you bought the book, then you read the book, which a lot of people don't do, surprisingly. They'll buy the book, but they don't be reading. And, but you read the book, and then you really liked my New Harlem Renaissance poem. That's what I remember very specifically. Yeah, yeah, sure, my memory, y'all, yeah. Yeah, I do, yeah, it's coming back to me. And I, I did really like that poem just because obvious reasons. But um, 
I, the Harlem Renaissance to me, I remember very briefly learning about it, I think in like the second grade, which I think is kind of disrespectful because like, it's, it's it, I don't, I don't remember really being revisited. Mm. After. Um, so, but I remember learning about it really, really young. And I was just like, yo, that's, that's, that's fire. Like what? It was just like, you, they were just in a time of like culture and arts and they were just doing the damn thing. I, I fuck with that. Um, which is why I really enjoyed the space of Black Expression just cause um, from where I come from, like spaces like that didn't really exist, you know? So the concept of people just going up there and doing poetry, I was like, what? That's so scandalous. Y'all just over there talking about your feelings, but like, <laughs> Dude, I fuck with that. I fuck with that heavy. So to see people like you and like, you know, all the other poets that we know just out here, not only performing them, but taking your craft and, and putting it into something tangible was like mind blowing. <laughs> and, and I think it was so powerful, which is why, you know, I, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> just happy to be here but you're not just being here either because you are an integral part of that community of the black expression community of the art scene in san diego uh many of y'all might have seen lola at one of the black expression open mics or just anywhere in san diego doing some art or some healing shit and if you ever see lola and i interact one or two times a night we always do this little hand gesture at each other and it's just, it's a nod. Audio listeners, we put our palms up. We kind of massage our palm with our index finger of the other hand, and we just nod at each other. And there's a just mutual understanding that, yes, just yes, that's that's our hand signal to each other. Um, do you remember how that started? Um, I remember the moment, but I don't, I don't know why. It just kind of kept happening, and now it's a thing. <laughs> so the way that I remember it, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is what happened. I think so. For those of y'all who haven't hosted an event before, there's a lot of like behind the scenes communication that happens while the audience is just like doing focusing on the show. Like people are trying to figure out who's next, where's this thing at, who doing this, X, Y, and Z. So I'm pretty sure you were trying to get me to tell Kovu something and you were like pointing to your hand. And I was like, well, what the fuck are you saying? So I just did, I just did it back to you and you're like yeah and then I went up to you I'm like dog I have no idea what you're talking about like what is this hand signal and then we just kept doing it as like a shared little inside joke but it's just been funny ever since because it'll just be random times I'll see you and you're like hey yeah yes mm -hmm. you don't have to say anything just nod your head <laughs> just nod your head <laughs> and this is how you find out we're aliens exactly i know you see scary movie three <laughs> uh but yes that that's our little hand signal and it's just funny how just life brings these random things that just end up being inside jokes with people because it literally is nothing but it's just so fun at the same time just just every time i see you just say hey, just keep hey. that in mind <laughs> yeah and honestly those are my favorite moments just because like we're just we're just in we're just in it you know there's there's no like I don't know there's not much thought to it it's just like we're just existing and I think that's the best part you know we're just we're just being ourselves 
<laughs> yeah, just being ourselves, being goofy, being childish, like just living our best lives and finding joy in the little things. And I definitely do appreciate those little moments because I also feel like it can bring more light into any situation too. Like maybe like you upset about something from your day or maybe you had a rough day. You go into the Black Express just like, hey, and it's like, you know what? Yeah, none of this shit. All this shit's made up. Like, yeah, let's let's do the palm thing. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, especially like, I don't know. I've noticed not just like with BX, but shows in general, like if you're on the behind the scenes, there's always something going on, you know? So it's good to cultivate like just a moment of, of joy. You know, everything may be burning, but. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's so fun. Um, but speaking of Black Expression, speaking of open mics, you have so, one, you have so many different facets to you. It's kind of hard to even just narrow down like one thing to talk about on a podcast with you. So it's really fun thinking of all the different ways that this podcast can go. I needed to say that first because you're just multi-talented. <laughs> I appreciate that because really, I think it is like ADHD at the end of the day. Um, but it's <laughs> but it's also just the fact that um, I I've always wanted to do everything, and I mm. and I've wanted to like experience everything except for heroin. No, thank you. <laughs> no, say no to the H. Um, that was an X, but you know what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're hilarious. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, but I've always wanted, like, I, I've never, the idea of boundaries and, like, being limited to one facet has always, has always just been, like, a, a huge ick to me. And for me, I know that is rooted in, like, just the, the structure and the discipline that I had, which is why I always decided to be like, fuck you, I'm going to sneak out. <laughs> Um, and I feel like that has just like evolved with the ways that I want to like exude my energy and and share my energy, but also um just just do what it is that I want to do, which is a big deal, which is because I always felt like I couldn't, you know, I couldn't do it. Um, and a lot of that, you know, stems with like you know childhood things and just things that people used to say to you as a child are just like you know you can't do it you know and and doing the whole comparison thing between kids I'm just like damn like can I just exist as myself you know so now that I am living my life for myself I I don't like to limit myself you know and and, and that's something that I actively try to do because even like with my self-talk, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, it's very easy to be like, no, you can't do that, you know? So yeah, I, I like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, there's so many aspects of me that make me and, and things that I'm interested in and things that I like to do um, that doesn't fit in just like one niche. So I think which is why like, I, I don't have like a, like I can be, I feel like I can be friends with everybody, you know, just cause I'm I'm open to differences. I'm open to learning. I'm I'm open to things that I've never done before because that is how I expand my mind. That's how I learn new things, but that's also how I learn about myself. Things that I like, things I don't like. Um I don't know. I just like to try new shit. I'm I don't really like to 
hold myself back in that regard. So it's beautiful. And it's a beautiful segue, too, because the first thing I wanted to talk about, uh, you recently started a comedy career, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Sometimes you go to Black Expression and you might see Lola's name on a list. You might just get up there and talk about your day. You might do a quick little poem that you wrote. Then there was one time where you're like, hey, I'm going to do some comedy tonight. I'm like, you doing comedy tonight? (laughs) I was like, fuck it. let's, Let's see what it is. And you went up there and you did not bomb. Like you were actually funny, which I think is like something that can't go understated because there's a lot of not funny people in this world. And there's a lot of not funny people who think they could just be funny. And there's a lot of funny people who can't do stand-up comedy. And you are starting yourself as an open mic comic and you, you're doing great. So what, what led you to want to try out comedy on the mic? I, I feel like it's like, it's a plethora of things for sure. Um. I'm going to just start with, I think I naturally make myself laugh. So like when Instagram first started and like, like a couple of years back, I used to make videos, right? And like, I would watch my videos and I would like, I would be dead ass like laughing at myself. And I, and, and like to this day, I, whether it's like me talking to myself, whether it's me talking to other people, I think I'm funny as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) first and foremost and I think um and I think that has a lot to do with it and two I generally like making people laugh and that stems from and honestly I didn't notice it till earlier this year when I went on a trip with my mom and a whole bunch of her like Dominican church friends um I noticed it then and I noticed it when I go back to um DR um there's a there's a a gift of like storytelling and 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 joke telling comedy um that exists in our culture and I didn't really put two and two together until like I was kind of like observing everything and one of my favorite parts about the trip that we went on because we went to go visit Israel and we went to go visit Rome right and for a lot of those times we were in buses and they were all just like sharing jokes and telling stories. And I was just like, oh, I think this is where I get it from. I think it's really ingrained in like just my DNA um, because I, I naturally, I like talking to people and I like making people laugh, right? But I didn't really put two and two together, like I said, until I, I witnessed where it is that I come from and where it stems from. Um, and I like comment, and I like Dave Chappelle. So um, I'm kind of all over the place, but it's it's a bit of everything. It's it's rooted in culture. It's rooted in in the belief of my own humor. Um, it's it's me wanting to make people laugh just because people are so serious. Um, and I, I feel like I've always been a clown, um, especially like in my high school days. I was one. To just be goofing around, you know, doing dumb shit with my friends. Like we used to make YouTube videos of just like nonsense, nonsense. And I tell them all the time. I was like, look, you know, during that time, if we were consistent on YouTube, we would have been YouTube famous right now. Because consistency we, is key. Yeah. But like, what the fuck do these 12 year olds know? <laughs> um, so yeah, I just just the concept of of laughter and and sharing that with people is is something that 
I just, I, I gravitate towards, you know, and it's needed. Laughter is, is healing. Laughter and, is definitely healing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even if it's dark humor, so <laughs> teach his own, but we got to laugh in the dark moments, I think. <laughs> and it takes a special level of confidence to, to feel comfortable, like getting up on a mic and trying to deliver dark humor too, because man, when dark humor doesn't hit your audience, like everybody knows it don't hit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy because like I haven't actually sat down and wrote a set. So everything that you've seen me do, um, I think the second one at the at the guild room, that one I had like an idea. But like everything else has been like freestyle. I'm just like I have an idea of like what I want to say and how to say it, but I, I have not sat down to write anything i've tried but i feel like to intentionally be funny is really hard it is <laughs> really hard like i gotta write okay and here's the punchline right here <laughs> Yo, this is different um i'm practicing yeah i was i've had the fortune of connecting with um a few dope comedians out here who are doing the damn thing um camille waters um Evan Loki gave me that connect um she's fucking hilarious um I was able to talk to her and she gave me some good pointers and um Walter Ford also love Walter you haven't had him on your podcast I don't know maybe this is it (laughs) I do Um, need to get Walter on the podcast for sure that's a good that's a good idea and he is out here doing the thing he's also hosting now um, on top is on top of doing his comedy stuff, he's putting on shows like he is left and right. He's great. He's great, and he's funny. And they've both given me really, really good tips on how to just like start the process of intentionally being funny. Um, and honestly, I just, I just, I just need to sit down and do it. But every time I do, I'm just like, I just rather freestyle but I don't know we got to figure that out so that's that's where I'm at right now I haven't gone to a comedy open mic yet just because I feel like I need to write something (laughs) but parts of me will say fuck it and try to make these people laugh I mean what's the worst thing that can happen they boo me and I'm gonna boo back (laughs) I'll boo back what the fuck And I feel like you can even you can even have something in your back pocket. If people do start booing you, like you you got the New York attitude, you can make a joke out of that, boot them back in in the show. And one of my things is that ultimately, so uh Dave Chappelle is my favorite comedian. Um like 100 percent 100 since the Chappelle show. Um, but even like all the specials that he came out with, um, with Netflix, it he's just such a genius, you know, and how he pieces everything together. But what I love that what he does is like he he has a message, you know, and I think that's the power of comedy. Like if you know, to each his own, but like if you are really doing it right, you're you're saying it to convey a message, and and that's one of the things I want to work towards because yes, we can heal through laughter but also like what what are we actually like engaging in you know and i i just 
I aspire for Dave to be my mentor because he's great. He's great. He's fucking funny. Yeah, Dave, <laughs> Dave Chappelle can definitely be hilarious. Um, and yeah, I look forward to seeing how you continue to grow as a comedian. Not that you ne- necessarily have to have the label as a comedian, but in your art as someone who can perform a uh, stand-up comedy, like make me want to get up there and try some jokes. Like I feel like I can do it, but I don't know. I you could, honestly, you definitely could. I mean, you do it naturally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I kind of give y'all like a little fake audition when I'm hosting Black Expression. Like I throw a little couple little tidbits in there to see if it hit or not. I, I could probably try it one day. One day. <laughs> just go on the mic. Don't say nothing, and just have at it. That exactly probably would it be like, especially like I just write my name on a list and Lou or whoever's hosting, go, oh, in for some good poetry. And I get up there and just start telling jokes. <laughs> just that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta, gotta love the art scene. And I want to thank you again for the idea of having Walter on the pod because Walter, one, he's hilarious. Two, he's doing such great things in the community. Uh, so I'm definitely going to reach out to have him on the pod. Can I tell you a quick Walter story about how Walter and I crossed paths that the listeners will have to listen to again when I interview Walter? Of course. <laughs> so I met Walter in the most random fashion. So, and I really didn't mean to say fashion in that sense, but it was at Fashion Valley. So how things add <laughs> up. Uh, um, but it was at, uh, I think it's like California Sock Company. It's some sock store at uh, Fashion Valley that Walter was working at at the time. And I was just in there because I, I like cool socks. If y'all ever see me wearing shorts, check out the socks. The sock game usually on fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, w- I was at Fashion Valley trying to find some socks, just killing time. And Walter, being a Black dude working at the register, I like talking to black folks in public. It's, it's it's a little niche for San Diego at times. Like people don't really just be having random conversations, but I digress. Uh, but I was like, what's up, bro? Like, how's your day going? Very, just being a human, honestly. And we started talking and got to find out that he was doing comedy. I was like, oh, like I do this open mic, black expression, you should check it out. And then he was like, yeah, like I'm actually out here, uh, going to the show and he showed me the show and then my friend Aaron Monte was performing they're like oh how you know Aaron he's like how you know Aaron so it's just one of those serendipitous moments where it's like all I was doing was seeing a brother at the register asking how his day was and it's like dang how did I know I was going to connect with this really dope comedian a person doing a lot for the community so yeah I look forward to talking to Walter on the pod one day oh yeah those are the best moments for me I think and then next thing you know, they're in your life for like the next, what, five years. <laughs> Absolutely. It's time time just be timing. Um, but let's go ahead and progress a little bit more through the life of Lola. So uh, w- one part comedian, another part of you is your modeling career. Uh, so how did you get your start as a model? <sighs> Man. So, so I... I've always liked taking pictures. Um, you know, I grew up during the MySpace days. Gotta get yeah. gotta get the my the MySpace angle. Right, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and um I took a lot of pictures. Um, partly because um if I wasn't if I wasn't trying to sneak out, I was home. 
<laughs> so I was either taking pictures, I was either reading books, I was either watching movies. Um, but I've always had an affinity for the camera being on it and taking pictures as well. Um, so behind and in front. And I remember when I first met, so all the way up to this point, I've just been like super photogenic, right? Of me taking my photos, posting them on Instagram and wherever else, right? Um, and then this was post black expression. I think this was around the time when like Kobu first got his camera. We did, it wasn't like a real photo shoot, but like, I was just like, oh, no, I'm posting in front of the camera. And then um, there was a poet that used to go to erotica nights um, at Hookah and Poets. Um, what's his name? His name was Sol. He went by Sol, but his name is Ron, um, who is also a massage therapist, but I found that out after. He randomly hit me up and he was like, hey, you want to do a photo shoot? And I was like, yeah <laughs> and um that was technically my first shoot shoot um where someone was just like hey let's shoot let's go to the said location and um and then after that uh a girl that I went to massage school with um she introduced me to Frank which is x p l r underscore est82 which is the photographer that I work I work with the most here um we did that other shoot where um I was at the beach and I was nude <laughs> that was my first like nude shoot but it was also technically one of the first shoots I've ever done mm -hmm. um and we kind of just like hit it off um Frank is a cool guy he's self-taught photographer and he's just amazing he has like the eye he has the vision um great guy and that's pretty much the, the beginning of my modeling career and then from there um I started working with different photographers for different projects um I even got what is it I even started doing like commercial um modeling I've had um like digital marketing companies reach out to me and help me with um offer me jobs to do like product shooting um for clothing and then from there I started doing runway which I never thought I could do because you know I'm short um for the longest time I thought it was 5'3 but then someone was like no you have to be at least like five I mean for the longest time, I thought it was five one still, but he was like, "Nah, you have to be like five three. So I think I'm like five three now. But either way, still short as fuck for the <laughs> run world. Um, and yeah, and I've kind of just been like, "Bleh," <laughs> doing all the things. Um, and that's kind of how I started. Now I am. I think I'm like three years in of modeling. Um, I will be making four. I think I made four this year. I have to go back into the numbers, but it's like three or four years of modeling. And I recently went this past April to a model camp by um, mm. a well-known model named Coco Rocha. She's been modeling. She got scouted when she was like 14 or something. And she is, they call her the queen of pose. And she quite literally is the queen of pose. Um, it was a huge investment um, for myself. 
um, but also in the modeling career, just because what I thought was modeling before was is not even close. It's not even close. So now, so now I'm just kind of like in a space of like figuring out what direction I want to take it because I'm not, I'm not really trying to do, I don't want to be in the industry just because when I think about working with like Gucci and Coco Chanel, I just think about them being racist and like just the modeling industry in general being a racist industry. Um, and you can see it just, I mean, now it's gotten a little better. They have like their top three um, black girls, but still it's, to every 15 white models, there's like one black girl. And um, from the experience that I've had at these runway shows, how they you know, talk to the models in terms of like their weight, their size, um, I'm not really a fan of that. Um, so what I've come to now is just like, I would prefer to work with like um, underground artists and designers um, and really I don't know, work with more trailblazers um, that isn't so like wrapped up in like that industry, just because I don't, I don't really like the way they function. Um, they're rude, they're nasty, you know, and I'm not a fan of that. So now with it, I just want to make something different. I want to actually evoke feeling and create art um, and, and look good while doing it. So stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> hey that was a hell of a plug kudos to you for plugging like that was you took us along the journey you talked about what you like what you don't like i rock with it and as you were uh, talking like i have the perfect person i want to connect you with who's about to launch a um brand that yeah we work in so stay tuned <laughs> crown ellen bay area a proud sponsor of the banquet hall podcast thanks for listening You got my number. <laughs> I, I do have your number. Um, yeah. And see, this is this is why I like doing the podcast and being involved with like creatives. Cause it's like, I feel like they're just random moments of synergy of connectivity where it's like, Ooh, I need you to connect you with this person. And just all these connections really start to build this community thing. And I even circle it all the way back to what we're talking about with the, the new Harlem Renaissance. I feel like this is what I meant when I wrote that poem. Like, yeah, like we, we hear this is the renaissance this is our renaissance Beyonce went on the tour we got our artists doing our thing like this is our moment yeah no literally and and I think that's one thing that I really have to give credit to San Diego is that it really opened up my eyes to the art scene and it's more than just photography and modeling it's like you have dope muralists out here you have dope like um people who do carpentry you know like art is so vast and there's so many people doing so many different things, different art forms and things like this, where people are able to connect with one another and continue to like expand their vision and expand their craft is, is so important. You might, you about to make me bust out your book and read the damn poem. <laughs> I'm gonna have a live reading of the New Harlem Renaissance song. <laughs> All right, uh, I have a part two, I need a part three. Oh, I'm pretty sure I have a part two. I got too many damn poems. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I got a part two. I never heard it. Are you lying? <laughs> <laughs>
No, I'm just kidding. Maybe you weren't there when I performed it, but I'm pretty sure I got a part two. I'll, I'll look for it as we're talking, but I'm pretty sure I got a part two. But I do really resonate with what you said about just how much stuff is going on in the community, because I even think about just how many different people perform at Black Expression. Like we have people who get on the mic and they'll read an ex, they'll just off the dome do like an excerpt out of a fantasy thing that they're writing. We've had xylophones. Uh, I remember after you did your boot camp, you came and posed as your performance for Black Expression and killed it. People get up there and just talk about their day and how they're feeling. Like, I love, I love when people just get up on the mic and like, hey, this is just what's on my mind in this moment right now. Yeah, yeah. Those are my favorite too. Just because it's just so real. It's just raw. It's honest, you know? It's not like a, there's no gimmick to it. It's just showing up as they are. And I love that we even have a space where we're just like, yes, come, <laughs> come share cry if you need to laugh if you want to <laughs> yeah people, people don't be believing us too like I, I whenever i try to convince people to come to open mic or perform they're like oh but i don't i don't know if i'm like good enough i'm like it's the same the same with this about like whatever you want whatever's on your chest like just get up there and try it out because i promise you if you're looking for some supportive motherfuckers in san diego you'll find them in this room <laughs> hell yeah and it's all love it's all love at the end of the day all love at the end of the day um I feel like we've only scratched the surface of who you are and we've already been talking for an hour now and I haven't even got into the meat of like what this discussion is supposed to be about like we just we're just going and the energy is where it needs to be but I want to make sure that we leave some time to talk about alternative and holistic health because I think it's fair to say that at your core you are a healer would you agree with that statement I agree I do agree with that statement. <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's just so many different ways that we can start with this. But I think where I want to start is your work as a massage therapist and walking us through that journey. And before I let you do your spiel, I just want to go back. I don't remember exactly what year this was. I think it was probably like 2018 or so. But you came to my townhouse in La Jolla with the massage table just because you were looking for people to practice on and I was like are you sure this is me doing you a favor like you're going to bring a massage table to my house this feels like some baller shit look I was fucking trooping with the table okay <laughs> I was like I'm getting my work in <laughs> I really do appreciate you even like opening yourself up to do that because what what do you mean opening myself up you offered to come give a massage on my balcony or on my patio <laughs> I was like yes that's if this helps you sure like my back hurt this sounds great <laughs> yeah no and that's one thing that I've learned is that not everyone is open to touch or massage so um especially like as someone who's just learning like I was just really grateful that you were just like yeah you know because I was just trying to put in put in my hours you feel me <laughs> I'll tell you and I was grateful as well but uh let our listeners know how did you get started as a massage therapist what led you to want to even pursue this as like part of your life it wasn't intentional it wasn't <laughs> intentional literally fell into my lap um initially what I was looking for was a holistic health um program because I knew that's something that I wanted to 
I wanted to be in that realm. So I was looking for programs along that. Um, and that just stems from like my upbringing, my mom having like, <clears throat> just being like a an herb guru, knowing how to heal through foods and, and different herbs and teas and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, once I came into my awakening, I was just like, yeah, it's just holistic stuff, right? And the program that I found, the basis of it, um, was massage therapy so it was I think it was 700 hours of the massage therapy and then 300 hours of the holistic health aspect um so it was a, a certified massage therapist program so I get the certification for that and a certified holistic health practitioner certification um so when I came across it I was like massage therapy you mean touching bodies that's kind of weird, but I was like, I'm with it. Let's do it. <laughs> and then I went to the program and I and I honestly fell in love. I was like, wow, I I like doing this. And also I'm I'm good at it. Um, and that's kind of just how I started doing it. And I've, I've and I'm still doing it. <laughs> I'm still touching bodies. Still touching <laughs> grown so much. From that time that you let me massage you, I've grown so much. Um as a person, but definitely as a, as a therapist. Um, I've, I've definitely have found, um, my style, my flow, um, what I really want my clients to tap into and hone into and feel when they're on my table. Um, so yeah, it's just been a blessing. The fact that I've just been able to continue doing this. Um, my, one of my instructors told us that massage therapists have a lifespan of like two years after two years, they either hurt themselves or they're just like physically uh, like I'm good and I'm on year number four wow uh, well, well shout out to year number four what is it that you hope that your I guess the people are coming to you for a massage what do you hope that they're leaving that table with learning how to be able to tap into themselves and kind of like essentially um calm their nervous system we live in america right so we are highly stimulated so whether that is constantly dealing with technology caffeine um living under capitalism so there's not really we're not properly rested and we're not properly relaxing so we're constantly in this fight or flight mode so i work with the parasympathetic system having different techniques and modalities that are really going to allow you to tap into that and calm your nervous system and the goal is for people to get familiar with that feeling so then if they find themselves at work somewhere they have the sensation and the awareness of what that feeling is that they're able to tap into and then you know I might give them some tidbits on how to actually self-soothe and stuff like that so that is my number one um I also want people to feel comfortable in their bodies um because I've, I've kind of always had this like love yourself mentality, but I guess I really, really honed into it and did become a value of mine to really allow people to show up as they are and and kind of slowly start breaking their like self-limiting belief towards their, their physical body, but also just their mental, emotional, spiritual body. Because... Um, I'm I'm always surprised when people get on my table and they apologize for something on their body. And I'm like, 
why are you apologizing? And I'm just like, you don't need to apologize. This is your body. If I was going to judge you for how you look, I would be in the wrong profession. And if you are working with somebody who makes you feel shame for how you look, um, then you shouldn't let them touch you. You know, now, now if you're feasting and you want me to work on your feet, then that's a different story. I'm going to be like, ma'am, you knew, you knew what you was going to show up to. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> that's a different story. But um, I've had people apologize for like body hair. I've had people apologize for, you know, their size. And um, those aren't, those aren't things that you should apologize for. But if you fart in my face, then yes, you should you should definitely fucking apologize. <laughs> so you're telling me you're telling me that people just be farting and they don't say nothing about it? Yeah. 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 Yo, what? And it <laughs> I wish I wish I could say it doesn't happen often, but it happens enough for me to fucking talk about it. <laughs> is why granted some people be sleep but not everybody be sleep you know what you're nah. doing about it no that's why i told you i far back because <laughs> no one's gonna oh, think my. playing games here all right shit <laughs> Listeners, that that was that was part of Lola's uh, comedy stand up. And when I tell you the way the room started busting up laughing when you say I fart back, I was <laughs> like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. That, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, that is hilarious. And I want to make sure towards the tail end, I want to leave some room to talk about kind of how people can maximize massages. But I want to make sure that we have time to talk about other aspects of you as a healer as well. Uh, so I want to run through a few more things that if someone were to follow you on Instagram, which you're going to get to later as well, uh, they'll see these different words or events on your profile. So I want to give you space to talk about each of them. So uh, when you say that you're a body worker, what does that mean? So <clears throat> I say we use the word body work and massage therapy because sometimes um, the work that we do isn't like solely physical. So I do Reiki as well. Um, I am, I've completed all levels of the Osui Reiki. Um, <clears throat> and that's a form of energy healing. Right. Um, and then you have other modalities that don't really require um, lotion or oil or for someone to take their clothes off, but we're working the body. So I say body worker because I don't just, physically touch bodies um so i'm a body worker um on all levels physical energetic spiritual um and i also read tarot cards i'm an intuitive reader so that's why i broaden it and i say body worker because i work on all aspects of it all aspects <laughs> of it and so for some of our listeners who aren't familiar with tarot cards or intuitive reading what does that entail intuitive reading so it entails i just been waiting i just been waiting came ready with the props yeah and <laughs> yeah so these are these are a modern version so 
And these are a play on like the Rider Wave cards. And they are a divination tool. Um, they're here to serve as a guide to um, give insight, provide guidance, um, bring clarity to whatever questions that you may have. Um, they've been around for a really, really long time. Um, people now have built whole careers off of it, also thanks to Instagram. And um, people kind of get freaked out about it because they think it's like some <clears throat> witchcraft, witchy, witchy, hoo-hoo, which I'm like, I understand why you would say that, but also it's just a tool. The same way that you would um, maybe go talk to a therapist or go journaling, you can read cards. And um, one thing that I always tell my clients is that the cards are a guide, first and foremost. They're not set in stone. Um, you know, don't don't be afraid of them. There's nothing to be afraid of. And um, it's all down to interpretation. Everyone sees different things. Um, and they're just a useful tool for for self-connection um to help you just like whatever you're experiencing during that time the cards will help you just ground ground any messages um bring forth any clarity and yeah um and uh, and i love to read them <laughs> yes and i i really appreciate you mentioning how people have a certain stigma around tarot cards because I feel like too often we have this fear of the unknown or fear of things that we don't have like a very detailed backing of and I think especially uh speaking from my own personal experience but I feel like I've seen it a lot with people who um have more religious backgrounds or religious upbringings like it's like oh you doing that devil worshiping or you doing that devil stuff and I feel like that's a stigma that I even had like coming into like a lot of the art community in San Diego is where I was like, yeah, I have no idea what this is, but everything that I learned growing up makes me feel like it's bad. And yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but you gave me my only tarot card readings I've had in my life. Do you remember that? Oh my God. What? Yeah. I thought about it as we were, as I was preparing for this podcast, but I've only had a reading once and you did it via phone. And I don't forget it at all because I was at, I was in La Jolla. I was driving to the beach. I was like right by Scripps Beach, La Jolla Shores. And I don't remember why I even reached out or if you were just doing it, like practicing or whatever, but we did it like over the phone. Like I was sitting in my car and you did a reading for me over the phone. I actually don't remember this. Yeah, it's what? crazy. Like we're more intertwined than I remember, but yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow I don't remember that damn my memory is so bad I gotta start sniffing on some rosemary wow really oh my god really so I guess not I, I must I guess we friends or I trust you or something I don't know I think <laughs> I think we're friends <laughs> oh my god wow do you remember anything that I said no it's okay. no <laughs> it's okay if you don't it was because yeah. this was at least five years ago for sure uh I don't remember what you said but I remember afterwards I was like huh like hmm. maybe this maybe this is like a little tool or something like like because yeah. more than anything it like you said it's kind of like it's a tool it's a guide it's something you can use as a basis and that's what I really appreciated about 
how you did it because it wasn't like oh this is what this means but it was like oh this is what I'm seeing you ask like guiding questions like oh are you experiencing this in your life and at the time I was like how the fuck how do you know (laughs) I'm watching you because I'm pretty sure it was either it was like during a breakup phase or right before a breakup phase or something and whatever it was it was just like damn like all right Lola like I guess you know what you're talking about or whatever (laughs) oh shit wow wow yeah I don't remember that but it served you and what you needed during that time yeah and so I think I just wanted you to be able to talk about like being a tarot reader because I think people just need to destigmatize stuff like that. Like, I feel like we have, especially as a community, we have so much, so many stigmas about things that realistically, like when you really get down to the core of it, white supremacy has taught us to have stigmas against like a lot of these things. And the more that we're introduced to people who have studied the history of these things, who practice it, who have a connection to their why and connection to body work to energy work I feel like the better we can be connected with each other because now you're not like this crazy crystal lady or this crazy tarot card reader but it's like no like there's literature behind this there's history behind this there's meaning behind all of this uh and I remember like a long time ago having this conversation um I forgot with who but it's like um you know we they they call it new age spirituality stuff but like a lot of these divination tools are are not new you know we're just older now and now they've come into our stream of consciousness and and I I really like the fact that you brought up white supremacy because I will that's a big reason why these things are demonized um I mean religion I mean I don't want to go there but where did that come from yeah I'ma just I'ma just ask that question. <laughs> Where did it come from? Um, so when when you find when you open yourself up to it, you'll see, like you said, there's there's actual there are literature in terms of like um like African traditions and stuff like that, but we also have to keep in mind that a lot of these things weren't written down. Yeah, oral tradition. Oral tradition because they didn't what who's teaching them how to write in English you know um so these are things that are taught um or or you're gravitated towards um they say I remember when when I was coming into the realm of it um they say you know that you're tuned if someone gifts you your cards um I don't know how true that is but you know um it's just what I've heard is what I've been told. And my card actually, they were gifted to me by my sister. And they're, I don't know, it's its so weird. I don't even know how to explain it. Even after like learning how to do this, I started finding out like little things in regards to like my family on my mom's side of how like, um, you know, they they have like these internal knowings or or they used to practice with like herbs and and things like that um 
they're all divination tools is what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. And, and what you'll find a lot of it is rooted in nature. So to, to say that these are things of the devil, I think is a little disrespectful just because they come from Mm -hmm. the same aspect that create you, you know, and it's what it is, is learning how to utilize these different energies and, and resources and raw materials to create something. Um, like art really um it's just it's just alchemy at the end of the day and i i just hope people are just like more open to learning because it's it's deeper than what we think it is it's not anything new and it i think it's just it's it's rooted in a, in in a lot of us without us even knowing so i don't know that was a lot i don't even know if i answered your question i'm just talking shit now <laughs> uh, the, hey that's why i give you the spiel before the podcast starts this is what the podcast about is for <laughs> real conversations like there are topics we go through there are questions but i want to get to the the meat of these dialogues and this is why i appreciate having you on the podcast because i want people to be able to hear these stories to hear how you talk about these things and then be moved to like explore more because i think that's what we at least owe any creative we owe anything that people are passionate about. It's like, hey, hear my story, hear my spiel, hear my experience with it, and then go see for yourself. Learn more if you need to, experience it if you need to. But I want people to have informed opinions on things, and I want people to be able to hear from the people doing these things. Because I think especially in this TikTok age that we're in, like you just scroll on a For You page and just some influencers doing a tarot card reading, and they're just like, oh, like, this generation or this is fake or this is BS. But when you really get into the weeds of like, okay, no, these are real people who practice this. These are real people who have experiences with this. This is really, yeah, it's just, this is, this is why we podcast, I guess is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) And I will say, I will say since the, since all these divination tools have kind of blown up I think what it comes down to is a matter of intention because there Mm -hmm. are people practice these things and then like you know they try to sell you like a doom gloom kind of reading or something like that so um definitely do not lose your discernment in these things um but also practice discernment but uh ask questions Mm -hmm. but also don't automatically just like demonize it as something bad. Um, it's kind of like, this is the analogy that I like to use is that it's kind of like a gun. People can use it for protection or or to cause harm. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that's how I see, you know, just utilizing divination tools. Um, Cause I know for me, like I, I, how can I say this? I have good intentions in all the things that I do. Um, and I stay within the things that feel comfortable with me and I don't mess with free will. Um, and there may be people who do the opposite of that, you know, but the 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 whole concept is not something that should be, um, you know, shunned. Yeah, and I'm gonna just say that. <laughs> absolutely and i i just appreciate your authenticity with just how you talk about all the different ways that you practice and experience alternative and holistic health um but i want to kind of round out this segment 
with one kind of shameless plug-ish, but also an opportunity to talk about something that you do. Uh, you're involved with TN Tarot, the Rogue Collective. Uh, so I wanted to give you some space to talk about the Rogue Collective, TN Tarot. Uh, I have a couple of close friends who have gone to the Rogue Collective and they love it. So I wanted to make sure that there's some space on the podcast for you to talk about the importance of the, this event. Yes. So the Rope Collective is a really dope space um, cultivated by Tony. Um, her Instagram is the submissive tire. So she is, um, in my opinion, a, a big head in the Shabari world, which is like rope art, rope bondage. Um, and she um, busted her ass to cultivate this space and have an actual physical space where she can hold classes for um you know teaching people how to how to tie rope or and or um um expand their knowledge on that um rope is very healing for a lot of people and she really has like cultivated a community of that and um she had she offered me a space to do massages out of so i do um, massages out of one of the rooms there is called the light room um, and I do massages there a couple out of the weeks and on top of that me and my good friend Celise who handcrafts her own teas and tea blends um, we came together one day and she was like and we were like hey it'd be dope like if like you served your tea and I read a reading and, and we did readings and that's how tea and tarot came to be. Um, Cause her teas are phenomenal. I'm not a tea fanatic. Let me just leave with that. I'm a coffee head all the way. We're working on it, you know, but her teas are so good. And, and okay. you know, like that, like they have to be good because like I said, I'm all fucking drink coffee. Okay. Tea's cool. I like teas for the medicinal reasons, but like to just be drinking tea just to drink tea, that's that's not me. But her teas, so good. So, so, so good. So um we wanted to bring both of our um our gifts together. She also reads cards. So um I hope I I do a collective reading for everybody. Um and then Celise does like an oracle reading. And then she also leads almost like through like a tea ritual meditation thing. Um, and we pretty much allot space for people to listen to the reading, but also, you know, have time for journaling and self-reflection and stuff like that. And then we like to burn things, you know, we like to release things, call things in, stuff like that. Um, and we host that at the Rope Collective as well. Um so yeah, we 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 out here doing the things, you know, holding the spaces, utilizing the crafts, and all that. The, all that. Um, <laughs> thank you for plugging that, and I hope that just through your story, through your retelling, like people are able to engage with different forms of art and creativity. Like I think that not too often, but I think we only focus sometimes on things that you can hear things that you can read, but there's so many different ways that people can be creatives so that they can be artists. And I feel like all the different facets of healing that you're involved with are all part of you as a creative and as an artist, a healer, a person, a Lola. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is this is dope. Yes, I'm glad you're enjoying it. And so kind of to round us out of this episode, I have kind of a series of quick hitter questions. So whatever comes to mind for us, whatever you just want to talk about, or we could talk for another hour, depending on how much you want to talk about this. But I want to make sure that I'm respectful of your time. So uh, first things first, I told you I was going to circle back to it. What are your words of advice for someone when they're going to get a massage? I want to really unpack like the massage experience here and how people can make the most out of a massage. Mm, okay. Okay. So first and foremost, be vocal about what you want um, before getting on the table, while you're on the table and provide feedback after. Um, um Yes, I think that is the most important because I've learned for whatever reason, and I think it has to do like maybe there's like a power aspect that some people feel um, that occurs when getting a massage, but people will sit through a massage that they do not like, or they don't ask for the things, they don't advocate for themselves in that moment. So I always lead with my clients, be vocal, because that's the only way your therapist is going to know um if you're receiving the work well or if we need to adjust so if you need more pressure say that you know um if you need less pressure say that if you don't like the technique that they're doing say that because at the end of the day it's your massage and we don't know how to um best serve you if you don't say anything you know um and i think that's important also for the therapist to cultivate before the session even starts is like really encourage communication um i i would say check-ins but personally i don't i'd like to do it before the session actually starts because once you're on my table i don't want to talk to you if you don't want to talk like i want you to be in your (laughs) that sounds so fucked up i don't mean like that but like this is the only time that you have allowed yourself that i know of to be still, to receive a therapeutic touch, to have time to unwind and just do nothing for like an hour or an hour and a half, you know? So to the best of my ability, I am not going to interrupt that. I want you to be in your space. I want you to receive the healing. I want you to be calm. I want you to have that calm nervous system. I don't want you to think about nothing. Just be present with yourself. Um, So I think therapists also need to come into the space and cultivate that because it's important. Um, And ask questions, ask, ask what they are, what they want, you know? Um, In that same regard, I always lead with my clients that the style of work that I do, the intention behind it, um, and Cause I don't do super deep pressure just because um, what the deep pressure that people are used to now is like hard fucking bone crushing shit. And I don't do that because I'm not trying to kill you, you know? <laughs> so I lead with that. So people know what they're getting themselves into. Um, and if they allow themselves to be receptive to that, then, you know, they, they're, you know, they're more willing to receive the work. So that is what I would say. I was laughing when you said that you don't want to talk to them because I had a conversation with a close friend of mine and I don't remember, I think I was had a massage scheduled or something, but we're talking about massages and she asked me if I talked to my massage therapist while she's giving me or they're giving me a massage. 
And I was like, no, like I never, I don't want them to talk to me at all. Like I am in my like zone of like, I'm trying to be in touch with my body and how this massage is going. And my friend was like, no, I, I need them to talk to me the whole time. Like, I don't want to be alone with my thoughts. I'm like, oh, we are two different people. <laughs> and that's what I found. There are people who are like that too, which um, I don't mind either or, but I do, I do like when people like to talk. Um, especially like if I'm working like at my job where it's not my own private practice, just because like it makes, it makes the day exciting. And a lot of times those conversations get deep. Okay. Um, um, and for some people that is the therapy, you know, being able to speak through whatever it is that they're going through at that time, or even they just want to like connect, you know? Um, and I know it's maybe like, that's like the, oddest time to do that but I found that it's very therapeutic for some people so mm. uh, hey whatever you need I'm, I hold space for that you just gotta you know vocalize it yeah be vocal that's that's the take home I just I think I had just never even thought about talking to the therapist during a massage <laughs> like I've, I've had therapists that I appreciate the therapists that like check in throughout the massage and like see how it's going but I, I really wanted them to know like hey I let you know from the beginning I will let you know but like can you just like all due respect can you like shut up and <laughs> <laughs> yeah because <laughs> I don't know for me like I definitely feel I feel like I feel like a deeper connection with a massage therapist if I'm like quiet if I'm just letting trusting them to do their craft like not trying to have like too much control over my body and just letting them work whatever body work they need to do and yeah I feel closer to them when we're not talking I think spoken mm -hmm. like a true introvert damn right <laughs> <laughs> um Lola who are some people who inspire you or who are some people who influence you this is gonna sound really but for the longest time I was like I'm not inspired by nobody I have no role models I inspire myself <laughs> spoken like a true Aries yeah <laughs> um yeah so you know I've I've opened myself up a little bit so hmm so Dave Chappelle definitely inspires me in the comedic realm um for reasons that I said earlier I think he he's a master of his craft he's just like effortlessly funny to me um and I, I love I love the substance that he adds to it um and I, and I also fuck with the controversy because you know when you say some real shit you you're gonna hurt some people's feelings um I also am inspired by Rihanna because she almost shares like that same multifacetedness and has been able to in most of them excel in all the things that she's done and I love that I love that she doesn't um kind of like put herself in a box mm -hmm. um who else who influences me um who influences me wow um that's a great question um Kovu definitely influences me a lot <laughs> um oh my goodness he oh has taught me oh my god oh my god oh my god can you see me can you see me oh 
Yeah, I can see. Oh, okay. I got the, <laughs> the low battery. I was like, wait, <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, Kobu is such a powerful leader in this community, but just like, just individually as a person, um, he challenges me in ways that most people don't which is why I take it as disrespect sometimes, but like, it's needed, <laughs> it's needed. Um, um, let's see, who else, who influences me? Uh, my mother, my mother and my sister. Um, I'm, I'm really, I'm really huge on family. So I, even though I still kind of like go back and forth with my mom with love, um, I've grown to realize that she knows what the fuck she's talking about sometimes. And she um, inspires me because she's since she's just always been one to like take take care of herself. Um, she's a giver. She takes care of her people. Um, her massage therapy is is doing hair she genuinely just loves doing hair that dominican blowout goes hard okay and like <laughs> I, oh that is her love language and i can i can see that she's she's always been one to just be giving even though she's like kind of hard some way i I've, I've learned that her love language is is exchanging and and giving um my sister um just because she practically raised me as well she She's such a wise, wise soul. Um, and I think, I think, yeah. And honestly, strangers, strangers inspire me. Strangers influence me because I'm a big people watcher. And, and I also, I'm an extrovert. So I, I talk to people a lot. Um, so when I talk to people of different backgrounds and they say something that I've, probably never even considered I I really take to that you know um because you you don't know what you don't know yeah. so you you know it so I people in general are big in, inspirations and influences on me just because everyone's so different and and I love that I, I love to learn I love I love knowing things that I didn't know before you know so yeah, yes I, I will say that. Auto so wonderfully stated. I think that that's one of the beauty of open mic spaces too, because some stranger can come into your life for five minutes and change your life at an open mic and you may never yeah. see them again. Right. Right. I'm just like, damn, I wish that motherfucker would come back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, that. you affected my whole life last week and you just not going to show up this week <laughs> or better yet. That's why I always like calling out the people who I know, like you got some heat you sitting on. Cause it's like, nah, you're not just about to sit here in this audience and not share your. You be right. So every time you're like, mm, I don't know, this person said this shit going to be fire and it's fire every time. <laughs> every time you got a superpower. Let me find out. Hey. I'm a superhero at nighttime. Um, where can people find you and how can people support you? Ooh, okay. So you can find my personal page and also like my modeling page and I guess my comedian page, my everyday page at Lola X L A C H I V A, which comes out to Lola X La Chiva. La Chiva is 
the goat in Spanish, but in a feminine ending. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and then uh, you can follow my um, holistic alternative medicine page because it's not just a massage page um at lola x heels h-e-a-l-s um and that's where you can find like all the healing stuff all the spiritual things um because for the longest time i was doing everything on both and i was like you know what let me just separate it um i'm not i feel weird about advertising um my services i'm just like Ugh, capitalism you know just like if you know you know but we're, yeah. working. we're working on it hey but I feel like you're doing a great job at working at I think the giveaway that you had uh, was a great way to get more people familiar with what you do um selfishly I think this podcast is a good way at people getting to know what you do and getting some <laughs> advertisement in a way that is more personal and it really welcomes people to get to know you get to know your craft hear your story and that's why the question about supporting you comes at the end of the podcast because it's like now that you've heard all of this where can people learn more so Lola X Heels uh, on IG I realized I wasn't following your page from the banquet hall page so you just got at least one new follower tonight okay i'm not mad at it i'm not mad at it i'm just following it too so i can't (laughs) (laughs) and then uh, lola the last question of the podcast what are some takeaways that you have for yourself for this episode and then what do you hope our listeners take away from this episode Mm. takeaways for myself in this episode is uh definitely i feel like i've grown more comfortable actually talking about myself and my story because um the more I started engaging with people the more I started like doing these things I've noticed that talking about myself even though I talk a lot talking about myself in this way was like such a challenge because I'm just like oh I just kind of exist but (laughs) um I have noticed within this episode like you know it came out with less resistance and um, less nervous chatter. Um, Cause when I'm nervous, I ramble. <laughs> um, so that's good, that's good. And I think a good takeaway for, what was the second part? Uh, takeaways for the people listening. Mm. Support real people. I think that's the biggest takeaway, um, whether that's me, whether that's Kyler, whether that's anyone else that you've heard on this podcast, like um, there are people within your vicinity um, doing real, real work, you know, and I call it trailblazing because it's not anything that really has been done before, um, you know, I guess at least in this capacity or in this way. So support, support support what you fuck with support what you want to see grow um it's very easy to support things that have been established for a long time but i think we have to consider history um and just like politics that go into it so um the only way we want to i know i i know for me i'm i'm always one who like complains about the lack of representation in media and stuff like that 
Um, but this is how you break that is you support the people doing the the ground breaking things. So yeah, support your people. <laughs> hey, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, Lola, thank you so much. This has been it's been exactly the conversation that I expected it to be. And it was better at the same time. Like, I really enjoyed talking to you, getting to know you more, hearing your story, uh, just hearing about your why, like people's whys are so important. So I just want to thank you so much for making the time to be on the podcast, sharing your gift, sharing your story. Uh, listeners already know this was a five-star episode, so make sure you go head on over to that rating. Give it the five stars, you feel me? Hit follow button, share it with a friend who needs some healing in their life. Um yeah. We're here for a good time and hopefully y'all had a good one. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. This was really dope. Um, I can't wait to see how much you grow from this because you you be asking questions, okay? I think you're a great host. I think you are a great conversationalist as well. So I'm excited to see where this takes you. And thanks for me having too. me. Me too. Of course. Uh typically i feel like with podcasts not a lot of people make it all the way to the end of the podcast so i was thinking we could leave the listeners who stick with us all the way through with a gift and do a quick reading of the new harlem renaissance poem to end the podcast out i pulled it up oh so you found the part two i did not find the part two i think so here's the thing hear me out before you judge me i saw that look uh, <laughs> You was ready to start talking shit. Um, when I wrote Obsidian, which was 2020, all of the poems that are in Obsidian are only in Obsidian. They're not on my phone. They're only in the document. So I'm pretty sure that I wrote a part two in that book or a different book, but I could be wrong. I don't have a part two on my phone, though. So we shall see. <laughs> not okay. you looking for. <laughs> Hold on. This is Beneath the Surface. I feel honored that my books are in arm's length of where you're sitting. <laughs> oh, you're lucky. You're lucky we don't have obsidian here. It's all good, but I'm going to read New Harlem Renaissance to close out the podcast. And then I'll give you the mic to any last things you want to say. And then we'll, we'll have a good night from there. But I just feel like this poem is so fitting for, for this podcast. It is. Hold on. Let me... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well let me open let me open to the page okay page 10 all right everybody pull out your books we're gonna read pull along out, pull out five south for the read along this is an exclusive i've never done this on a podcast before my very <laughs> first poetry book came out 2017 y'all can find it at the fourth site that's how we shamelessly plug and 20 dollars only $20. Uh, New Harlem Renaissance says, when do you have to be in a history book to make history? My history book told me that the only Black people ever were slaves and Dr. King. My history book told me to idolize Abraham Lincoln. My history book told me racism was history. My history book was all white and they told me they was all right. My history book told me that her story don't exist. My history book told me their story don't exist. So why the fuck do I need to be in a history book again? It's our time. Let's write our own stories. I am not Langston Hughes. However, I too speak Renaissance. I am a younger brother. My poetry ain't in the books. However, I write. 
I read, I grow strong so that tomorrow I will be at that table labeled as a poet of a new generation of change. And nobody will dare tell me I'm not part of a movement. Besides, mm. they'll see how poetic I am and be ashamed. I too speak Renaissance. However, I am of a new age, a new culture. Let's make this our Harlem Renaissance. It starts with each other, our voices, our art, our style, reviving what it means to be black in America. We're more than just the hashtags they bury us under. I look around this room and I see artists, poets, educators, motivators, leaders who can't see the light that they possess, buried under too many I can'ts and I'm not good enough. The only thing holding us back from being the leaders of the movements of yesterday and tomorrow is ourselves. We don't need a history book, a professor, or some older person to tell us anything. This is a public service announcement to everyone saying we can't, or we aren't doing it right, or our minds are in the wrong places. We are the leaders of our own revival. We are more than just internet protesters and hashtag experts. We're doing our thing our way. There's no script to our Black joy. It is our time. So what are we waiting on? Mm. Period. Oh. Okay. Snap, snap, snaps. That's the period on the podcast. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's even better. <laughs> And it hits. It definitely did fit with this episode. Definitely in alignment with the episode. Uh, I was 21 <laughs> when I wrote that. So it was it was something special reading that again out loud. Like, yeah, like here I am. Multiple books later. <laughs> Shameless plug. Wait, speaking of, speaking of, we're just gonna do it. Be on the surface. Woo! Oh multi-published what <laughs> some some light you feel me uh but before before this gets too much into plugging myself as a poet lola <laughs> any last words that you have before i close this out for the podcast any last words fuck what society says do what you want take care of yourself love yourself so you can love others properly and just keep living life mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the podcast listeners thank y'all for tuning in and we'll catch y'all next episode <laughs> <laughs>